Welcome to Ebenezer's Podcast, a podcast about hearing, understanding, and applying the Word of God to our lives. My name is Leighton Erickson, and I'm Ebenezer's Lead Pastor. Thanks for joining us today. Please check out our website at ebenezerbaptist.ca to connect with us and learn more about our ministries. I hope you enjoy the message. Any grandparents, thank you. Any grandparents that, uh, let's see, let's start at five grandkids. Stand up. If you have five grandkids. Okay. So as the numbers go up, if you are disqualified, you can have a seat. Six. Seven. You have you have seven. Eight. <laughs> Eight. Nine. So do you both have eight? You have eight. You have seven, Murray. Mr. Eight. Okay. Whoa. Whoa. Oh, sorry, I didn't see... Oh, look at that. (laughs) There's no point. You should have just come up right at the beginning, Brian. Come on down. So, Brian, you get the gift of nuts because what grandparent doesn't have mixed nuts? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And how many? Twelve. Twelve. Wow. So we, we had one person in the first service that was at 18. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, and the last one I'm going to need a little bit of help with. So watch to see who the first person is. The first dad that can stand up and give a dad joke gets the last prize. Now be brave. If your wives have to help you out with the joke, go ahead. Keep it appropriate. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Well played. Come on up. Come on up. And for that, you get the gift of cheese. For. (laughs) All right. Okay. This, uh, as we dive into the sermon this morning, I'll just refresh you a little bit. We have been in a series the last five weeks called Covenant Community. And we've been looking at three key renewals that need to take place in us in order to experience true covenant community together. And first, we looked at the renewal of our hearts with God. And then secondly, we looked at uh, the need to be a renewed family. And how we need one another to be a healthy family and to represent God well. And then last week, Pastor Layton um, shared on how we are called to be people engaged in the mission of God. And that the need for us, that we have a need to have a renewed calling to mission. For who we are as God's image bearers. And he laid this theological foundation as to why we as Christ followers are sent out as image bearers of Jesus by God to make him known. So this week, my purpose is to help us to move towards what an everyday engaged in God's mission life looks like. So let me start by saying this. I, Chet Ingram would not classify myself as an evangelist. That's not why I got signed up for this morning. I don't have the gift of evangelism that's described in Ephesians 4. Um, Yet, when I was 19, I sensed that God was calling me to go be a part of Youth with a Mission, an international 
missions organization. And I was a part of them for 12 years, traveled to different countries to proclaim who Jesus is. And it stretched me to do this as a young adult that grew up in the you know, multicultural booming metropolis of Tisdale, Saskatchewan. <laughs> you can imagine traveling to other countries with different religions, like different backgrounds, everything, and here I come from Tisdale, like feeling completely unprepared. But as I spent time learning about Jesus' character and interacting with him and learning about his loving ways that he wants to guide us as his followers in while I was in my discipleship training school, I began to see his heart for me and I began to see his heart for all of his creation around the world. And as a result, there came a growing excitement in me to be a part of sharing who he was and what his ways were with others. I began to get excited at the thought of other people having the chance to know this Jesus that I was interacting with. And this slowly began to drown out any fear that I had about sharing the gospel story of Jesus with others. The fears of how they might respond, the fears of questions coming to me that I may not know how to answer, it just started to fade into the background. And I still remember the first time that, that I shared the gospel, and I was in Hong Kong, I was there with a team of people, and we were sharing at this plaza outside of this big shopping center. We had, it was around Christmas time, and we had played a bunch of songs, and we had about 400 people that had gathered outside. And at the end of this time, our team leader said, I would like all of you on our team to go talk to somebody and just share your, your faith story with someone. And I was like, oh my goodness. I am nervous about this. And I was the guitar player on the team, so I was conveniently taking my time, cleaning the guitar, putting it away. And all of a sudden, my leader came to me and said, Chet, forget about your guitar. Just get out there and talk to somebody. Pray and ask God who you're supposed to speak to. And I was like, I don't know if I even know how to pick up on God's prompting in that way. And what am I going to say? What he didn't know is through that whole time when I was up on the stage playing guitar, I, I had one particular guy that my eyes just kept going to all the time. And I thought, well, that's kind of odd. And I'm like, I don't know if that is maybe God, maybe it's not. I, I have no idea. I just decided I'm going to step out in faith and go and try. So I went to this guy, sat down beside him, and he had two friends that were beside him. And I just said, uh, you know, introduced myself to him. And, and he, he looked at me and he said, so where are you from? And I said, well, I'm from Canada. Oh, where in Canada? And I thought, man, you have good English. And, uh, and I said, well, a place called Saskatchewan. And he's like, oh, where in Saskatchewan? And I'm like, okay, first of all, you can say Saskatchewan. <laughs> That's amazing. And, and I thought this was such an odd, you know, progress in the conversation. And I said, well, I actually live in a small town north of Regina. And he's like, oh, I lived in Regina for five years. I went to the U of R there to study English. And I said, well, when were you there? He said, oh, from about 84 to 89. I said, I, I had a cousin that I think was there around that time frame. Oh, what was her name? And I said, uh, you know, I told, her, told him her name. And, and he just went, oh, she lived across the hall from me the whole five years. And I'm thinking, of, of course, like that's normal. Seven million people in Hong Kong and you lived across the hall from my cousin for five years. Maybe this is a divine appointment. I don't know. So it increased my faith, and I just thought, I'm going for this. How could this possibly happen? And I shared my faith story with him, and at the end of it, he said, well, I'm actually a believer. But my two friends aren't. 
And, and I don't know whatever happened as a result of that conversation. I know they weren't ready to give their lives to Jesus that day, but they were deeply impacted by the fact of how God brought us together. And I walked away from that day, first time sharing my faith, thinking this, God, you can lead me. You can. And I'm available now. Just keep prompting me by your spirit. And God wants to speak through all of us like this. He wants to use you in furthering his mission. I do not have an evangelistic gift, but he still wants to use me and he still wants to use us to reveal himself to the world around. Now in Isaiah 6, verses 1 through 8, we learn that God the Father is a missionary God that is looking for people to send out uh, that know him and to represent him in the world around and in this passage god takes an angel before the prophet isaiah and he has him touch a hot coal to his lips as a symbolic way to purify his mouth so that isaiah could be used by god to speak on his behalf and he then asks this question whom shall i send and who will go before us and isaiah responds and says here i am Send me. As Pastor Leighton mentioned last week, God is sending us out as image bearers of God to call all of his creation to himself. And in the Old Testament, God was making himself known through a chosen people, the Israelites, to reveal himself. And God gave the Israelites prophets like Isaiah to reveal himself through, to guide them, and because of the sinful ways of Israel, he, God allowed the Babylonian people to conquer Israel, but he hadn't totally abandoned them. He was disciplining them. And God was still wanting to call his people back to himself, ultimately. And he wanted to, to use Isaiah to do that. And that's why he was preparing him. And it's in this context that we learn about God's heart for Israel, but we also learn about God's heart for all of his creation through what he spoke to Isaiah in Isaiah 61, verses 1 through 3. This is a message to us as well. Listen carefully to God's heart in this passage. Isaiah said, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. And he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, and provide for those who grieve in Zion. To bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes. And the oil of joy instead of mourning. And a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness. A planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Can you hear his heart for his creation in this? This is a sinful people that he is disciplining, but he is still wooing them back to himself, wanting to reveal his heart to them. Doesn't that make you want to know him more? That we, a sinful people, this is how he feels about us? Doesn't it make you want to follow him more? He knows our sin, and he knows our brokenness, and yet he's longing to save us. And he's also longing to use us who have experienced Isaiah 61 in our own lives to reveal himself to others. You don't have to be perfect. You just have to experience a little bit of Isaiah 61 
to be a part of proclaiming him to others. And God is desiring to send all who know him and have experienced the goodness of his ways, freedom from sin, his grace, his love, his, his forgiveness, his comfort. He's wanting to send us into the world to display these same things that we've experienced to those who don't know him. And if we're followers of Jesus and have experienced his goodness and his grace, then like Isaiah, God is asking if he can send us on his behalf. We're being sent by God to fulfill Isaiah 61. Now personalize this. God wants to use you and he wants to use me to proclaim who he is to the poor. The poor in spirit, the physically poor. He wants to use you. To bind up the brokenhearted. Who are the brokenhearted in your lives? To proclaim freedom to the captives. To release from darkness the prisoners. To comfort all who mourn. To provide for those who grieve. To bestow on those a crown of beauty instead of ashes. To bring joy where there is mourning. To bestow on those a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair that someone is caught in. Look at that list. It's very practical. Has God already used you in these ways in someone's life? Do you have a desire to be used by God in these ways? Do you pray that God will use you in these ways? So beyond what God said in Isaiah... God continues to reveal himself in the story of Scripture to his creation through Jesus in the New Testament. And in Luke 4, 18 to 20, it says, As Jesus was standing in the synagogue or in the gathering of the church, Jesus himself aligns himself to Isaiah 61. And this is what he says. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. And he has sent me to proclaim the cap that captives will be released and that the blind will see and that the oppressed will be set free and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. And then Jesus rolls up the scroll, handed it back to the attendant and sat down and all the eyes of the synagogue looked at him intently. And then he began to speak to them. The scripture you've just heard out of Isaiah has been fulfilled this very day. Jesus was saying, I'm the fulfillment. I'm going to do these things. I am modeling these things to you. He was engaged in the mission of God, and he was applying Isaiah 61 to his very own ministry. And Jesus was obeying the command of the Father by representing the Father's heart through living out every day a missional walk, a missional life. And we read all through the New Testament that Jesus looked for everyday opportunities to represent the Father and make him known. And after Jesus had died on the cross and he rose from the dead, he met with his disciples just before he left the earth, and he says this, in John 20, verses 20 to 22. As he spoke, he showed them, the disciples, the wounds in his hands and his side, and they were filled with joy that they saw the Lord. Again, he said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. And then he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. 
Jesus obeyed the Father by being a part of the fulfillment of Isaiah 61 and by engaging in the mission of God and modeling a lifestyle on mission to his disciples and to anyone else that was around him. Now, you might be thinking, but Jesus is Jesus, and I'm not Jesus, so of course he could do it, but where do I fit in this? And the reality is, you can't do what Jesus did. That's a true statement. But the good news is that the verse doesn't end with, as the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. Good luck. It says that he breathes on them and says, receive the Holy Spirit. He's sending us, his disciples, out to continue to fulfill the Father's mission. Empowered by the Holy Spirit. You are not alone. We have the Holy Spirit to empower us, to lead us, to guide us, to give us wisdom beyond our years, to give insights beyond our understanding. You are not alone. Remember, small town farm boy, go to Hong Kong, felt so unprepared. 1 Corinthians 5, 18 through 21 says, And God has given us this task of reconciling people to himself. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not, no, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sins so that we could be made right with God through Christ. We are the ambassadors of Christ. We are the image bearers of Jesus. Every day, everywhere, among every one. God's one and only plan to make himself known to others is through us. There is no other plan B. But it is through us in the power of the Holy Spirit. Don't ever forget, you're not alone. You can be led and empowered by the Spirit of God. So, if this is our calling to know God and make him known, which it is, what is our only reasonable response to how we should engage in God's mission in a natural and everyday kind of way? Now, for those of you who already have a passionate heart, the passionate heart of God to share about Jesus with others, you're thinking, yes, preach it, Chet. Although I haven't heard too many amens yet, so... But if you're someone uh, that the thought of sharing about Jesus with somebody else right now makes you a little nervous or it pushes you out of your comfort zone, you might be all of a sudden thinking, wow, look at the time. I got to go to the washroom for about the next 20 minutes. Okay? I don't want to browbeat anyone this morning and just give you a task list of mission-type things to do. There may be some things that are practical, that are applicable to do, that I'm going to talk about. But to me, we have to start with our hearts first. So with that said, here are a few things that might help us to practically live a more everyday missional life. Okay, the first one is this. Prioritize knowing God to understand his heart. You have to start there. When we meet Jesus face to face, 
and interact with him daily, we taste of his love for us. He speaks encouragement to us. He builds us up. He guides us and directs us. And even though we're sinful and hurtful people to others, he still interacts with us this way. We taste of his good correction in our lives when we align ourselves to his ways that we read about in his written word. And we see that he's trying to guide us in godly ways, not only that lead to eternal life, but lead to a more blessed life here on earth because of his good and godly, loving, logical ways. In other words, we fall in love with God when we spend quality time with him. And, and this is when we begin to know and understand his heart more and more for his people, more and more for his mission. Just like when I spend time with my wife, Lindsay, the more I understand her, the more I come to love and appreciate her, and the easier it is to serve her. Just thought I'd slide that one in there. That's a good one here. <laughs> She's sitting right over here. <laughs> no, I'm, it, it is true. The more we know someone, and we see the sacrifices that they make, the easier it is to want to serve them. And it's, no, it's the same thing with God. The more that we know him and we see his heart, we want to engage with what he's engaged with. And that is his creation. If we're to be engaged in the mission of God and don't want it to feel like it's a chore or something you have to do, then fall in love with him and fall in love with his ways. And you'll soon find yourself desiring to want to tell others about who he is because of the difference he's currently making in your life. Not the difference he made way back here, but the difference he's making today. This is why we are constantly disciples of his coming to before him and, and in relationship with him, sharing our concerns with him and inviting him into our lives. There are people that do the things that we read Jesus did in the Bible, but they don't necessarily do those things with the likeness of God's heart and attitude because their hearts and minds have not been transformed into the likeness of Jesus. And that becomes just legalistic and a chore. And that's been me at times, and maybe that's been you. We must re remain in love with our maker. And then we'll enjoy obeying him in his mission. Second thing, confess to God any sin of omission. A sin of omission is, when, is something that God asks us to do or be engaged with, which is good and godly, but we're choosing not to participate in. For example, God's, God asks us to serve one another, and serving is good. But sometimes we don't want to give up our time, our energy, maybe our finances, in order to serve somebody else. We are called to proclaim who Jesus is through the witness of our actions and our attitudes, but also with our words. Isaiah took that, or, or the angel took that coal and touched Isaiah's lips because he wanted his words to be anointed by God. We are called to proclaim with our words as well, but sometimes or often we don't. And we may believe that if we don't have a certain spiritual gift of evangelism, that then we're not expected to proclaim who Jesus is to others. That's our excuse. Or at least there is a lot less of an expectation that we do that because, well, we don't have an evangelistic gift. Or we may have resigned ourselves to living that godly lifestyle 
trying to know God more, maybe even serving in the church, in hopes that our witness and our lifestyle will speak for itself to the world around us. But we just don't want to proclaim the words of who Jesus is because it's just flat-out scary. It's clear in Scripture that we are to be the witnesses through our lives of who God is. But our lives have to be transformed in us first. We're to proclaim our words and the difference, um, and the difference that Jesus is making in our lives is the key. And if we're not experiencing that transformation, it's pretty hard to talk to somebody else about what Jesus is doing and why it's worth following him. If we are not walking in that, or we've convinced ourselves that we are exempt from sharing about who Jesus is with our words, then we need to confess our sin of omission. Because it is something that he has called us to do. Third thing, we need to put time aside to listen to the Holy Spirit's promptings in our lives. We all need unhurried, uninterrupted time in God's presence to let him speak to us through his word, by his spirit. And there can be many things that can happen when we prioritize time that is unhurried and uninterrupted with God. He may encourage us, he may warn us of something. He may guide us and direct us through his word, highlight a passage of scripture, have that little prompting in us by the Holy Spirit. He may convict us of sin and say it's time to repent of that and to deal with that. But he will also point us towards people that he wants to reveal himself to. God's heart is to make himself known to his creation all the time. When we're overwhelmed by the concerns of life and sometimes distracted by our own selfishness or entertainment, in contrast, God is every day, all day, thinking of his creation. And he will prompt us to go speak to people if we are listening because he can't shut that off. The cries of his creation are always in his ears. About 25 years ago, I went on a holiday with my folks out to Fairmont Hot Springs and uh, there's a big outdoor hot tub outside of the hotel. Probably seats 40, 50 people. And we were sitting in it one evening and all of a sudden this average, you know, uh, probably middle to late 40s, average-looking lady, came walking in down the steps into the hot tub. And I glanced over at her, and the first thought that went through my mind was, this lady is here because she's in a romantic relationship that's gone bad. Because that's a normal thing to go through your mind, right? And, and I was like, where did that come from? And I could not get it out of my head. And she proceeded to come down into the tub, walk past all these other people. My heart is pounding out of my chest. And she comes all the way over and sits right beside me. And she's like, nice night, huh? Yeah. <laughs> and I thought, God, are you, like, am I out to lunch here? Or are you showing me something that's going on in this lady's life? I have never had an experience like this before. As I'm sitting there wrestling and her and I are chit-chatting, my folks said, well, we're going to get up and go into the hotel. And I'm like, okay, yeah, me too. And though I remember thinking the whole time, oh, how's that feel, Jonah? I'm like, you know what you're supposed to do, but you're just going the other direction. And I walked into the hotel and there was another hot tub inside and this sauna. And so I said to my folks, you guys go ahead. I'm just going to go into the sauna. And I'm in the sauna just wrestling with God. I'm like, I don't even know if this person likes God, knows God, nothing. How do you bring something like this up? 
And so I just said, okay, God, if this is you, I need you to make this very, very clear. Sat up, because I was laying down in the sauna, opened the door, and she was the only person sitting in the hot tub, and she just went, oh, hi. Hi. <laughs> and, and I was like, again, just going, oh, my gosh, what do I do now? And she's like, oh, yeah, so you said you were some type of missionary or something? Like, are you a priest? And I'm like, no, 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 I'm not, not a priest. Well, so, like, can missionaries, like, get married and all that stuff? Or they, and I'm like, yeah. And I said, are, are you married? And she went from this bubbly personality talking to, to just going quiet. And I just said, okay, before you answer, I'm going to step out and I'm just going to share something with you. And I'm nervous to share it with you. And I said, from the moment you walked into the pool outside... I cannot get it out of my head, this idea that maybe you're here because you're in a romantic relationship that has gone bad. And her mouth just fell open, and she said, I'm here today because I just left my husband to figure out in the next week if I'm going to go back to him. Now my mouth was hanging open, we proceeded to have about another hour and a half long conversation. And I just said to her, I don't know what's going to happen in your marriage. But I do think it's kind of odd that God would highlight something that's happening so specific in your life to some random person in Fairmont Hot Springs because this is his heart for you. He cares for you. He sees your life. He wants to set you free from all kinds of things. Now, this is prior to me being active with any even email at that point in time. I have no idea what happened with this lady's life. But here's my question to us. I was so blessed to be a part of that moment. And I just, I said to God at the end of it, like, that is the scariest thing I've ever been a part of. And sign me up for more. Have you ever sensed the Holy Spirit prompting you to call or text someone to see how they're doing out of the blue? And you just can't get it out of your head. Maybe that is the Holy Spirit prompting you. Have you ever noticed someone that appears to be hurting or distraught and thought, man, they don't appear to be doing well. Someone should help them. Could it be that the Holy Spirit has allowed you to see their condition where other people just walk by? Have you ever been saddened by the life choices that someone is making and how destructive it is in their lives and maybe even been grieving for them and maybe that's the Holy Spirit trying to get your attention to walk alongside of them and reach out to them. To fulfill Isaiah 61. Because that's the Father's heart. Have you ever thought maybe God placed you in your neighborhood or your workplace because he wants you to be there as a lighthouse to the people that are around you? And it's not about you just feeling fulfilled by your career. But it's about the people he's calling you to. And this leads me to the next point, and that is this. If, the, if Holy Spirit, if God is going to take the time to prompt you to engage in his mission, then it should cause a response of obedience. Practice obedience to God's promptings in your life. Once we recognize that we may think uh, it's God's prompting in our lives, there's a responsibility that's upon us because he is the Lord of our lives that we would obey those promptings. And guess what? You may not get it right all the time. 
But last time I checked, if I was prompted to go encourage someone or to pray for someone for something specific and it was, wasn't ringing a bell with them immediately, no one got mad at me. We have to take the step of faith. We can struggle to obey because of the fear of man being so great in us. We don't want to look foolish. And if that's the case, invite others to pray for you. It might be a life group. It might be a friend. Invite them to pray for you for boldness. Through the whole book of Acts in the New Testament, the church stopped, paused, and prayed for boldness. Increase their boldness to obey the promptings of what the Holy Spirit was leading them to. Or maybe take somebody with you who doesn't struggle with boldness and let them be a part of it. Sometimes we can struggle to obey because it would require sacrifice of things that we enjoy and we don't want to give up. But let me remind you, the sacrifice in comparison as a perspective piece of what Jesus gave up on our behalf. There's nothing that can compare to that. So for us to take a small step of, obey, of obedience to those promptings of the Holy Spirit is nothing in comparison to the sacrifice he made to walk in obedience to the Father. Plus, some of these moments are the most rewarding moments of our lives when we get to be a part of God's mission, as we read in Isaiah 61. Also, in the Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians 9.19, Though I am free and belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. And perhaps we could just let Paul's perspective sink in to our own lives just a little bit. And I would say this, to challenge ourselves to be willing to be 20% more sacrificial and willing to participate in the mission of God when he prompts us. Start with 20%. That when you have that little prompting, discipline yourself to stop in that moment and make that phone call. To quit walking down the street and turn and have a conversation with someone. And the last thing is this. Share your faith story often and pray for others. Share often with others these three things. What was your life like before you came to know Jesus? How did you come to know Jesus and make him the Lord of your life? And how has your life changed since you came to know him? Practice sharing those three things with your story. Share them, start by sharing with other believers as much as you can so that you're comfortable sharing it. And it's renewing your own understanding again of God has saved me. He is a good God. He is the God of Isaiah 61 in me. And I recognize that. And as you're comfortable with sharing your own faith journey of Jesus with other believers, then ask him if he might lead you or put someone on your heart to share your faith journey with that doesn't know him genuinely like we love to talk about our own lives genuinely ask questions with full authenticity listening well other ask other people about their lives find out what they value what they're in interested in what's been some of the most transformational things that have happened in their life could be a bad thing could be a good thing ask them questions and listen often they will also ask you the same questions. And you just get to share your story. If they don't ask you those same questions, you could just say, wow, that's a fascinating thing about your life. 
encourage them in something. And then just to go, can I share with you something that was transformational in my life? And just tell them what your life was like before you knew Jesus, how you came to know him, and how your life has changed. They will listen. Whether they agree or not, they will listen. And they will hear the gospel story of Jesus. Offer to pray for others when you hear them share the things that are concerns in their life. Struggles in marriage, struggles with kids, financial woes, physical sickness, whatever it is. When you hear those things, don't just listen. Listen and then go, you know, I'm not sure if you're comfortable with this. And if you're not, that's okay. But I just believe God wants to intervene in our lives. Can, do you mind if I just pray for you? You have no idea how many times I have done that with unbelievers and they are standing with tears pouring down their face at the end of that prayer time. Because what I lack in my words, the Holy Spirit shows up in his presence and he touches them. Because that's the God of Isaiah 61. Just try. Step out in faith. We've been sent out as God's image bearers into the world. And that is a privilege and an honor to represent him, our maker and our creator, our Lord. To represent him, to speak of his invitation to redeem all of those, his creation, that don't know him. Now, typically we've ended our services with a, a song and a reflection time. I wanted to do something different today. And if you have felt like God's been prompting you to engage in God's mission in an everyday kind of lifestyle more and more, or this morning as I've been sharing, you're going, I know that the Holy Spirit is speaking to me about this. And I just want all of us first, just close our eyes right now. But if that is you, okay, nobody else is looking at you. If that is you, I want to pray for you. And I want you to stand up where you are to go, here I am, Lord, send me. You could be scared like I was. You could be going, oh my gosh, this is not me. But if you're going, but I want to be 20% more obedient to whatever the Lord says to me, then will you just stand right now? Just right where you are. I want to pray for you that are standing. I want to pray for us that are not standing. God, I ask that you would help us where we lack. Where the enemy comes in, even right now, and says, Why are you standing? Sit down. This isn't your gifting. You've failed in this in the past. You're going to fail again. You don't know how to hear God's promptings in your life. Sit down. And yet you, our Father, who knows us and loves us, is saying, stand up. You are not alone. I want to send you out and I am breathing upon you and I have given you this beautiful part of me, Holy Spirit, to guide you and direct you and prompt you. Lord, I pray that your church would receive your Holy Spirit and the empowerment of your spirit. I pray that we would know your heart and experience it and be transformed by your heart and your ways. That it would then flow out of us 
a desire to share who you are with others. That boldness would, would grow in us because of your transformation that, that is happening in us. That we're becoming more like you. And we're so glad that we're becoming more like you. And then, God, that you would release the gifts of your spirit upon us. The gifts to proclaim who you are to all of us that are, or to all those that are around us. That we would have eyes to see those that are hurting, that need to be released, to be comforted, to be more. That we could no longer just walk by. We could no longer have a thought to contact somebody and just brush it off. But that we'd be quicker and more attentive to your promptings and quicker to obey. That we would see more people come into the kingdom of God, more people come into Ebenezer that are physical neighbors and people connected through our workplaces that you, God, are longing to bring into your kingdom. That we might be used as sinful people and, and as crazy as we are at times, that you could use us to proclaim who you are. God, empower us, lead us, and direct us. We pray this in your name. Amen. You may be seated. Just going to close with a benediction that goes, I think, very well with what I just shared. In Colossians 4, 2 through 6, Paul's prayer for boldness in God's everyday mission is this. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And pray for us, Paul is praying this for him and, and those that are following him. And pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message. So that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. And let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Isaiah 61 and this passage in Colossians 4 are my prayer for us as the body of Christ as we engage in everyday missional living. Happy Father's Day to you. I pray that you enjoy the rest of your day with your family. And I pray that God will give you a heightened sense by his Holy Spirit and guide you and direct you in representing him this week until we gather again. Amen? Amen. Have a blessed day. Well, thank you for listening. Don't forget to check out our church website at ebenezerbaptist.ca. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can let us know by clicking like and by subscribing to our podcast channel. God bless you, and thanks for listening.